population and trying to relate that vis-a-vis the uh, internet usage. So I figured uh, some some you know interesting numbers on the population that you know I mean as of now uh, China happens to be number one and uh, leading the global uh, world population and then second comes India and then third is the uh, US. So right. by 2025, the India will replace China, and the best part is that uh, the average age uh, of of an Indian uh, at that time is is, around, is going to be around uh, 28, 29, whereas China was will be around 39, and so similar is US. So I mean that that brings a point that you know uh, I mean if we want to talk about uh, consumers in the uh, internet space. I think uh, India will have the biggest number of, uh, you know, uh, the youngsters or millennials and, right. and consumers of the internet. So, which which right. which exemplifies a great opportunity. So, on that note, similarly, I just uh, got a hand on this uh, report by McKinsey Global Institute on the digital India technology trends. So, so it, it sort of, uh, you know, echoed on certain aspects and uh, I was thinking maybe, you know, uh, to catch hold of uh, you uh, because you happen to have that inclination and, and uh, obviously you're investing from a background, you're an engineer and, and you know, and uh, you've been there, done that, uh, I saw your profile. So, maybe, I mean, you know, let's start with maybe, you know, a little bit uh, about your background and then we can deep down uh, dive uh, in the questions. Sure. Uh, so, Amit, my background... Uh, briefly, last three years running our own fund, which is Salari French Partners, mm-hmm. which is an early stage fund across technology. Um, prior to that, Leon for three years as a partner, and again, uh, fund was very similar, of course, a larger fund, uh, but again, early stage tech investing. I particularly, specifically used to lead the enterprise software and services investments there. Mm-hmm. Before that, 10 years of software sales and PML management. I used to run the SAP India PMO for three years, where I was the chief operating officer mm-hmm. uh, from 2010 to 12. Prior to my software days, six years in strategy consulting with McKinsey and a firm called McKenna Group in the Bay Area, and prior to that, a software developer. Right. So that's in a nutshell my background. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. I think, you know, uh, obviously, certainly it adds up as we look at it now. Uh, so, I mean, you know, maybe coming back to the questions. Maybe, you know, like uh, the first question points to, uh, you know, somewhere around a comparison on the Indian and Chinese ecosystem. And, uh, you know, as we all know, there's a lot of similarity in both ecosystems. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, differentiating factors, like I said, on the age group. Certainly, if we look at the consumers, certainly. So what is your take on, uh, you know, this? Hello. Amit, are you there? Yes, yes, yes. I just, okay. I thought I just, I thought I just lost you. No, no. See, um, uh, Amit, I think con- comparisons with China are useful only to a certain extent in my opinion. Okay. See, we do these comparisons sometimes to, to tell to ourselves that, look, what happened there will happen here. Mm-hmm. And yes, I think some parts of it will happen. There is no doubt. But I also think that many parts are just very, very different. Um, China as a country is still run by largely state-owned corporations. Uh, sometimes, I mean, as we know that the competition is not open there. And even within China, at least, again, different theories exist on, on this count. But it is not clear to what extent state intervention exists 
in even picking the winners that we have today. Mm. More importantly, I think we also should not forget that um, China's GDP per capita is just remarkably different than India today. I think it is north of ten thousand dollars. Which I mean, and just to put this into perspective, our GDP per capita rises at about six percent per annum at the best case scenario, which mm. means it will take us twelve years to double our GDP per capita. Hmm. So we have two thousand dollars currently. We'll be four thousand dollars in twelve years. Hmm. So even as we look at the phenomena in China since the mid two thousands to now, hmm. in general, that GDP per capita was higher even then. And I think every every few thousand dollars GDP per capita do matter to the disposable incomes, and therefore the amenability to spend those disposable incomes on different kinds of goods and services. Some of it will be very relevant. To the categories that will be of interest to us. Mm. So I do think that those. And lastly, there is an infrastructural. The, even I mean, GDP per capita is one thing. I do think that India has stronger infrastructure barriers even today. Mm. Uh, on the positive side, however, I do think that India is a very entrepreneurial country. I mean, every SMB to me, every small SMB is an entrepreneur too. um india um is has different kinds of like you can call it issues or opportunities but i think just the sheer number of languages spoken uh the young age uh, that you refer to i think is certainly an advantage for india i also think that despite the low gdp per capita uh if you look at the internet penetration and the and the data usage india has actually leapfrogged it's not like we are waiting for a similar gdp per capita to reach that kind of levels so there are certain parts of why am i saying this is that you know certain parts of our story might end up being similar to china but actually certain parts of our story might end up being very different than china also mm-hmm. and therefore some comparisons will hold true and some comparisons will not hold true mm-hmm. um uh, some other advantages that i think some other things india has done very well I do believe that the unique ID uh, infrastructure has been actually a remarkable step in my opinion. So has been a standard of UPI. Uh, some of these things will actually, um, I mean, while on one end, one end I can complain about certain infrastructure issues. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I do think that we have taken fairly bold steps and fairly unique steps in enabling the internet ecosystem with these standards also. So it will be a mixed evolution, and sometimes these opportunities are going to be very hard to predict. Hmm. But are we bullish? I think we are extremely bullish. Hmm. I what I don't know specifically to your question is how to exactly compare China versus India on this. Okay, I I get the context. I think it makes sense uh, ah. in the way you put it. So you know I can totally relate to it now. And in, in fact, much more clarity. Uh, so, uh, you know, moving on to the next point, uh, you know, I was really and, and given your background also, I think you know maybe uh, it'll be cool if you can throw some light on. The, so, there was this particular point uh, in the report, McKinsey report, that said by 2025, core digital sectors such as IT and business process management, digital communication services, and electronics manufacturing could double their GDP level to 355 billion. so uh, 2435 billion so i just you know i i see a lot of opportunity uh, uh, you know building up 
but i don't know how how it will be met and how how this opportunity will be monetized uh, by the indian startups entrepreneurs and how 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 uh, and and by the investors so okay would you like to throw some light on this yeah see um, i think uh, uh, i don't i haven't read or i don't have this specific report that you are referring to mm-hmm. but if you remember since the late uh, 90s Hmm. we started this revolution at least on remote services which are tech enabled services hmm. of course prior to that the it revolution had already started in india hmm. nobody imagined and i don't have the figures in front of me hmm. but i believe that i believe that um, uh, india's exports in tech enabled services today are north of 150 billion dollars hmm uh this was even this was unthinkable actually even just some time back hmm now um uh, the i am assuming that the mckinsey report is referring to this by being whatever 350 to 400 billion dollars hmm hmm again i would not be surprised if that's the case hmm uh what is true is that in general the growth rate has tapered Hmm. to more like 10 to 15% as opposed to the much higher growth rates that used to exist at one point in time hmm. and that is only natural but i think the beauty of india is that there are always going to be processes which which can be delivered through a lower cost uh labor situated uh, across the shores uh, to hmm. a place like india Hmm. particularly i think as more and more of these te- services are actually themselves technology services so let's let's take an example hmm. the entire world is talking about machine learning hmm. let's take uh, an application like uh, driverless cars hmm. i think people forget that it is not just about the technology there hmm. the amount of data that is required for training machines for it to become human like or better than humans is just mind bogglingly high just imagine the number of cars with a lidar on top of it in us which are running around continuously sending streams of that video data where is that getting processed there is a human which has to explain to that software or video that look this is a footpath this is a stop sign this is a uh, this is a lamp post this is a bus stop right this is a human being this is a child this is a woman this is a man this is a speed breaker all those things across these you know uh, i don't know i was going to say uh, massive streams of data that actually is happening in india today so why sometimes we worry about the fact that you know some of these services will they become automated the reality is that many new services are getting created all the time Hmm. I also feel that while India has done a great job there are still lots and lots of opportunities even in the classical both IT services as well as, well as DTO services hmm. um we have seen a revolution around analytics we are now seeing a rev- revolution around engineering services but that part is as bound to increase some of that will get captured by startups some of that will go to larger companies as well though hmm. and i think it, it is it is always a mix of the two I mean as an example I funded a company called Extria hmm. uh in 2015 hmm. um back at Helion hmm. this is a company which is 
essentially addressing the sales and marketing operations functions only in pharmaceutical companies okay and i hope by the way this is going to be confidential and, and you know uh, maybe some of your uh, point of views on uh, how how you are being bullish on this uh, you know opportunity landscape and maybe you know what are your focus areas uh, when it comes to celaris bp uh, so um, maybe two ways to talk about it amit number one we are pretty agnostic within technology mm-hmm. uh, we are both top down and bottom up mm-hmm. uh, in our approach to investing mm-hmm. uh, you need to be bottom up because ultimately innovation is defined by entrepreneurs as we see certain signals in terms of the kind of innovation being done sure. then we usually develop a top down thesis on those cases um which means that while we invest across technology but there are always certain themes which catch our attention more than the others uh, and that is a moving window what was true in 2015 will not be true now in terms of spaces right i mean just as an example in 2015 16 horizontal lending opportunity was seen as a massive opportunity today some companies seem to have taken leadership positions on it but we are very intrigued by vertical lending opportunities today so if you look at spaces like education and healthcare we are actually very bullish on some of these vertical lending opportunities we also believe that in these vertical lending opportunities there is a much larger role for data and analytics and technology to play and there is also going to be much better returns on equity in these uh, in these kinds of companies uh, primarily given uh, the fact that there are going to be intermediaries who will benefit and they will actually subvent part of the risk yeah. but that's an example of a space we continue to be very bullish on the entire saas space mm-hmm. we do believe that we are only stra- scratching the surface we have seen some good examples come out of india including the likes of browser stack dhruva freshdesk uh, and others whatfix mindtickle mm-hmm. uh, but i think we are bound to see many many more um, uh, i think it's been just the beginning as that playbook is being created for creating software companies out of india which are uh, which are going global uh, i think we are getting better i won't say by the day but certainly by the quarter we are getting better at that art and science um we are very bullish on content particularly vernacular content mm. um just given the rapid increase in number of internet consumers mm. and usually the first thing that consumers do mm. are either chat or communication apps or they do consumption of content mm. and given just that given the fact that only 100 250 million users in this country are english speaking mm. the rest of them are vernacular by definition mm. therefore we should see different kinds of businesses coming up uh, targeting this opportunity mm. um we are uh, continuing to, to be very bullish on logistics mm. it's a 300 billion industry mm. as large as some of the startups are currently just scratching the surface mm. the largest startups in this space are still between 100 to 200 million dollars that's it mm. and the space is massive mm. so in particular we are very bullish on path truck load businesses which need to use technology far more deeply mm. um and also on b2b logistics even more than b2c logistics mm. we are actually quite bullish we are very bullish on warehousing as a space 
we are also very bullish on if i may change track if you look at financial services mm-hmm. there was a time when people were creating lead gen kind of businesses mm-hmm. we are now very bullish on full stack digital businesses mm-hmm. so for example you take asset management mm-hmm. as opposed to someone who is like a wealth manager acting as a lead lead gen to other asset managers mm-hmm. we are actually bullish on people setting up full stack businesses whether it's a full stack bank full stack insurance full stack asset management so we are very bullish on those kinds of companies also mm-hmm. today um uh, we are bullish on electric vehicles as well mm-hmm. uh we do believe that that's going to be a massive tsunami a lot of the value will be captured by large companies but i think there's a lot of value to be captured by startups as well in that space mm-hmm. but again i'm rambling right now i'm giving you examples of different kinds of spaces that we are bullish on Yeah, I get that. I get that. Maybe some examples from your portfolio, you know, based recent bets that you made. So, I yeah, I will uh, give you examples. Um, we have a great example of you know uniqueness of India, which mm-hmm. is why I believe that we should not just copy China or other other people. Mm-hmm. We have Vogo in our portfolio. Mm-hmm. Vogo is a self-drive scooter rental. Mm-hmm. If you remember, the entire world was either going after bike sharing, mm-hmm. or they were going. after even bike taxis etc mm-hmm. but the reality is that in india you know on one hand you have over and ola at like uh, over and uh, sorry uber and ola at mm-hmm. about 15 16 rupees price point mm-hmm. or you have public buses there's nothing in between even mm-hmm. the two uh, even the three wheeler mm-hmm. is 12 and a half rupees a kilometer mm-hmm. there is a large mass of this country which needs a solution in between mm-hmm. now bike taxis don't work in our opinion Hmm. because the fully loaded cost of a two wheeler and when i say two wheeler i mean a scooter hmm. is about 2 to 2500 rupees a month including the financing cost hmm. but if you put a bike taxi which is being driven by a human hmm. then the human expenditure is something to 17k per month also hmm. and the economics just doesn't exist at that point hmm. so the uh, the point to point rentals hmm. of scooter like bogo does Mm. has a very strong unit economics so that's a business that we are very very bullish on mm. um we also have um we also have shop 101 in our portfolio mm. which is a social commerce uh, company so they are targeting micro sellers on one end mm. and suppliers on one end uh enabling uh, essentially they're helping these micro sellers both with their demand side tools mm. as well as on the supply side Mm. And again, those are businesses. Actually, there I would say that China has a few examples also. Mm. Uh, but again, you would not see those kinds of businesses, for example, in the US. Mm. And uh, the beauty of that kind of business is that roughly 60 to 70 percent of these retailers are actually women at home. Mm. And when they get an additional disposable income mm. of 5,000 rupees or 10,000 rupees a month, mm. that's actually a very material change to their lives. Mm. um other examples are load share and logistics mm. which is as i mentioned to you which is uh, which is uh, their model is that they are not putting their own uh, delivery fleet mm. they are actually going to small logistics service providers putting them on their technology platform and creating a network of delivery capacity mm. through this network uh but it's a logistics company in the sense that they go and write logistics contracts Mm-hmm. with the large shippers but mm-hmm. fulfill it through this network of smaller mm-hmm. logistics service providers mm-hmm. 
uh, that has been very successful for us. Um, on the SaaS side, we have been very successful with Watfix. Mm-hmm. That's been a very good investment for us. Mm-hmm. Mfine, which I don't know if you read it out today, Mfine is in the, is using machine learning for uh, doing con- app-based consultations for healthcare. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, it targets the consumer, gives them the convenience and ease of use, and the access to the best doctors mm-hmm. sitting from their home. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, it increases the productivity of doctors. Mm-hmm. What used to take them 15 minutes per patient now takes them six minutes per patient because mm-hmm. there is machine learning that does a free checkup before a patient speaks to a doctor mm-hmm. and give the doctor a case sheet mm-hmm. with the probabilistic outcome of different ailments that could be there for the patient. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, uh, those are examples of companies, uh, things which are very unique to India. I would say ScienceZ is one. Mm-hmm. ScienceZ is in the trust services of financial services. Mm-hmm. They are solving the verification and KYC problem through technology uh, for large financial institutions. Um, uh, we also did in education lending. We have done a com- uh, we have we have done uh, a company called Propelled recently. Mm-hmm. So that should get announced in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's an example of giving loans to uh, students of vocational uh, vocational training. Um, which again is subvented by these institutes. So it's a very high return on equity uh, kind of play. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, meeting I'm happy to, to, to call you back again okay. in a couple of hours if, if that works for you. Okay, okay, sure. So can we connect sometime tomorrow? Is that a good? Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to the airport. Actually, I'm going to be in India internet. Okay. When, I'm leaving, when I'm leaving from here back to the airport, I'll give you a call. Okay, okay. So I I might be there uh, somewhere in the bus stop. Let's see if we can catch up. Okay. 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 Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.